All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I am your host, James Crange. Uh, we're doing something a little bit differently today. We're not going to be doing interview style. This is more going to be a, a conversation um, as we look into what is a chef today. And, and we talk um, a lot about a chef and the definition behind it and, and what all um, you should be expecting um, when someone says they're a chef. So I'm joined today by Maddie Sharp and Edward Gutierrez, both chefs here at the Culinary School of Fort Worth. So thank you guys for, for joining me today. And, and I appreciate uh, thank you. this. And hopefully this is going to be the most that I talk the entire uh, time on this podcast. This is about you guys and, and your knowledge. So let's start off with, with an easy question here, and, and you can kind of run with it from there. So let's start off with potentially an easy question here, potentially a difficult question. But what is a chef? And, and I'll go to you first, Edward, and, and then you guys can go kind of back and forth from there. I think it's a very deep, deep-seated question of what is a chef. There's a lot of philosophy behind that. Um, I think before we talk about what is to be a chef, we got to talk about what is to be a cook first. Because um, I don't think you can become a cook, a uh, chef, excuse me, without ever being a cook in the beginning. Yeah, how do you get to be a chef? Like, what are the steps to take? And I think that's really where we should start and kind of focus our direction of how did you get here? What were the steps? And and kind of the our opinions about that. I think, you know, if you're listening to this, just know that there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. This is just us and our opinions and life experiences of of how we got to where we're at now and how we will continue to grow in the future. I like, I like talking about this because um, my, my travels around the world have given me a different perspective of what it means to be a cook versus a chef than what some people who think who've never left their hometown and they don't really understand what it means to be a chef around the world versus what it means to be a chef in their hometown. So explain that. Explain the difference of a chef in your hometown, a chef around the world, and, and a cook. Maybe start with the cook. Let's start, let's start with cook. So the definition of a cook um, in the dictionary, a cook is someone referred to as a chef, although in the culinary world the term terms are not interchangeable. Cook's responsibilities include, include preparing food, managing food stations, and cleaning kitchens. So to me, a cook is an empty title you receive when you first achieve a job or an stage, because by definition you have to have a title. So your first day you're a cook, but you still have to fulfill that title. And to me, there's you know, several ways you can fulfill this title. For me, uh, one of the biggest ones that I've seen around the world is that once you cut off a large chunk of your finger and then you bandage yourself and you come back, that's a big mild stepping stone to you becoming a cook. Because a lot of people will take their first injury, even though it's self-induced, they blame the environment or the equipment and they quit the industry. So it's, that's a pretty clear defining moment for a cook. Um, some other ones are when you start coming in early to prep your station because you know you're going to be busy without being asked to do that. Um, whenever you collected your, your personal equipment, like buy your own knives, your own peelers to make your job easier. Japanese mandolin. Right. Those you're are buy, a hot commodity right, in the kitchen. Exactly. You're buying your own Japanese mandolin even though it's not required of you and you have a low pay, but it still makes your life easier. Uh, once you've worked several Mother's Day brunches and holidays and you know missed your family for a, a bunch of those services, because those services are the most busy services and you really earn your stripes during those days. So the more of those services you work, to me, you know, the more likely you're gonna become a cook. And what about you? So kind of touching on the international um, bit again is, you know you're gonna be a chef or you know you're gonna be a cook kind of earlier on uh, in European cuisine. It's an honor to be a chef there. And, and I think now in America, it's kind of being a little more idolized with TV and everything, but being a chef, being a cook is a very, very sought after um, hard job in the industry, especially in Europe. And during different stipulation, that's why we have age parameters of, you know, 
when you compete internationally being under the age of 25 because when you're 25 in Europe and you want to be a chef, you've been cooking since 10 almost professionally um, and you should already be there at that point. So the level of what has been accomplished in your lifetime there, um, it's a little more skewed. Would you agree that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. The age difference there, like you know what you want to do and you strive for it when you're there as far as, you know, in the culinary industry, it, 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 yeah, that I, I mean, their their society is not as lenient as we are over here. Over there, if you want to call yourself cook, you have to prove it at some point, and either the work experience or or demonstrating your knowledge. Here in America, it seems like anybody can just be like, "Oh, I'm a cook." It's like, well, you've been working at Denny's for the past twelve years of your life, and you're making minimum wage. You didn't choose to go any further. I don't know if you ever earned the title of cook. Yeah, but what's what's the difference there? I mean, I would consider myself like an at-home cook, right? I, I cook at home. Um, I use that term cook, and, and to me, that's more on the lower end of the kitchen. So, like, what what is the difference there? To, what What's below a cook? Like, I, I don't understand how you I think we it. use cook as an adjective, too, as in I'm cooking. I cooked that. I'm a cook, you know, as opposed to um, I'm a chef. You know, my mom and grandma and dad, when I graduated culinary school, was like, my daughter the chef. No. And I'd be like, well, no, I'm just a cook, um, you know, because I hadn't earned it yet. I, I, there wasn't, I hadn't done enough to earn the respect of chef. Like some people will be like, hey, chef, what's up? Because I'm in the uniform because I didn't know my name. That doesn't mean I'm a chef. When you get called a chef for the first time and you feel it and you like feel good about it, that's when you know you've earned it. But if you're still kind of like, mm, no, or uncomfortable about it, you're yeah, still you a still cook. Time. You still have time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the whole cook thing to me is the lowest form you could be. And not in a bad way or derogatory, but the lowest ranking you could be. Because even a home cook has a prefix above the word cook, which gives you a higher title. Because I know a lot of home cooks who could be any cook on the line out there. Um, but then you're, what you're supposed to do in the industry is take the title cook, become proficient at your station, whether it be prep cook, or grill cook, or saute cook. And then once you become proficient at that station and the foods that flow through that station and you're able to cook them, then you fulfill the new title of prep cook or saute cook, whatever that is. And then you've ascended to the next level and then you leave behind the word cook. It's my opinion. And once you work saute and grill and, you know, once you work the line, then your lead cook. And, and right. I, that's how you grow from there. So without yeah. establishing the fundamentals of becoming a cook with knowing nothing and working in a kitchen, you can never go to grill cook or saute cook. If you start off as saute cook, you missed a very fundamental step, like a house with no foundation, if you will. Um, and we know houses with no foundation will last very long. You Especially know? in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think we've seen that through our experience in the industry. People who talk big and they come in as line cook and then they can't make it because they weren't humble enough to come in as a prep cook for two weeks mm -hmm. and then learn their, their station and then go to the next title as of line cook. Yeah, and I think that's a good word you brought up is, is humble. And I think probably a lot of people in the kitchen and out of the kitchen struggle with being humble and, and yeah, and, and their egos as well. So um, how do you humble yourself, especially even like thinking about maybe you were a line cook here and, and you come to a new job and they want you to be a prep cook for a couple of weeks. How do you let yourself get humbled and, and build yourself back up? You, just in my opinion, if you come in with a big head, no one's gonna help you. And they yeah. will make sure you fail, uh, even if it makes their job harder. To prove a point, they'll let you fail. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past or medals you've won or anything like that. If if you can't come in and work next to me or work next to this other person and cook a burger perfectly or cook a steak or even just saute some vegetables without burning them, if you can't do that, it, you mean nothing to the line. You are useless. And right. I'm sorry to say that, but and if you come in like, oh, at my last place, I you're not at your last place anymore. Right, exactly. You're at a new place and you have to start in this very fragile ecosystem that has been set. You're the new guy coming in, you're bacteria. Like you're gonna throw it all off because you're trying to take someone else's job essentially. And I did finger quotes because <laughs> you're not. You're not there to take anyone's job. Well, maybe you are, but you have to you know, work with people and learn the way they do it before you try to change it. And, Even if it's wrong. <laughs> and you, I'm glad you brought up the medals thing because maybe you should give some brief background on yourselves and, and why you feel you're qualified to talk about this and give your opinions. But you did win medals for your for your cooking or chefing or whatever you want to call it. Very prestigious right? title. Yeah. 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 And, and just so, any medal. <laughs> you know, was it hard for you to have won that and then have someone that you're working for essentially afterwards? Um, so... Through my culinary career, I kind of got a jump start with um, competitions, and I was on the USA Culinary Olympic team, the youth team, and that's kind of why I brought up the age difference. Like we had to be under 25 um, years of age during the competing year, and we ended up getting a gold medal um, in hot and a silver medal in cold um, food display. And overall, out of 36 countries, I think we took fifth. Um, so. It's a really cool experience. It was like the real Olympics. We trained for two and a half years for it. Uh, got to travel all over the country. I did, you know, competitions all the time. All of us would individual just to kind of keep our skills up and uh, get us going there. But it didn't mean anything after I was done to other people. To me, it was everything. But if I went into a, a kitchen and was like, well, I am a culinary Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> and I'll yeah. just start at the top here. They're gonna let me drown, and it and you have to. And I said this earlier, but we you have to put into people what you want to get out of people. Like if if you know Hefe's working the line and he's been there for fifteen years, you get so close to him and you learn exactly what he's doing because he runs the line. And and right, yeah. you know we kind of talked about. Some people don't want to be chefs. Some people are very comfortable being cooks. Um, but let, talk about your experience. Yeah, no, Sorry. it's like the humility is very important. I got my CEC, which puts me in one in 2,400 chefs in America with a title. Um, but it doesn't mean certified that certified chef, executive right? chef with ACF, right? But it doesn't mean that a lot of people couldn't achieve that title. A lot of them didn't want to achieve that, that title. Um, but once once I achieved that title, it really uh, humility really sunk in because anytime you go to a new position, you have to start off with the cook position again. Even if you're being hired for the executive chef, you still need to learn what the dishwasher is doing first. Then you need to learn what the prep cooks are doing, and then you need to learn what the saute cooks are doing. Then the grill cooks, then the salad cooks, then the dessert cooks. Then once you've learned what all those cooks are doing, then you got to learn what the sous chefs doing. And then once you figure out what the sous chefs doing, then you can figure out your job as an executive chef. And I think too many times that the humility isn't there to understand those foundations, that people jump into that executive chef role and they just, they tank the whole team. As someone not in the industry, like for me, that sounds really idealistic. That of course you'd want people to learn everything in the kitchen and, and maybe that's what makes someone a great executive chef. But 
can't someone still be called an executive chef without exemplifying those um, so there, there, qualities? It's, it's touchy on that one. So if you do, to me, if you didn't fulfill the term cook, you can't move forward. If you didn't fulfill if at least grill cook, saute cook, and if, if four or five other cook positions, you don't even qualify for the next step, which is sous chef. Sous chef means under chef. So unless you had a mentor to teach you that humility, you'll never have access to becoming a chef ever. And break you down. Right, and exactly. tell you when you're wrong. So that humility is what makes you the chef. It's what helps you create other people. It helps you bring up other people. So too many people, in, in, in my example, in my experience, that they jump from cook to chef and they forget the sous chef part. Um, and then once you've entitled the, the term sous chef and you're there for a year, maybe five years, we talked about this earlier, I don't know how many years it takes in each position because um, we're all different. Our education is different and our environments are different in how we learn. So it could be one year as sous chef or five years as sous chef and then you have access to being an executive chef. But then once you have access to being an executive chef, the biggest fallacy in my opinion is cooking. You don't cook anymore as an executive chef because cooking should be the back of your hand at this point. You're too busy managing people, you're too busy managing cost and inventory to worry about sauteing chicken anymore perfectly or braising chicken perfectly anymore. Um, so anyone who calls themselves an executive chef and they can't run on their line, are you really an executive chef? I don't, I don't think so because you forgot the fundamentals of being a cook. Mm-hmm. And again, you, cooking has to be the back of your hand to be an executive chef. Because sometimes your grill cook's going to call in and you might have to work the line that night. You don't get to expo tonight. You might, have, you might be in the, in the weeds with them, you know. Um, and a lot of time you come to find, like, when chef's on the line, it, it messes everything up. You know, like, you never want to be that chef. You always try to know exactly what your cooks are doing in order to fill in if you need to. Like, I was the executive chef of my last place, and I was seven months pregnant, and my dishwasher called in. Guess what? I was washing dishes that day. You know, I knew every step, and I wasn't above it. I'd rather my cooks cook the food and do whatever they do, and I'll just fill in and wash dishes. I'm not going to, why do that, you know? Right. That's the true sign of a leader, the humility of understanding that there's people better than you at doing certain things, and that they need to be doing that. Uh, for example, there's been plenty of places that I worked at where the grill cook, who's been doing it for 15 years, comes in. The executive chef says, hey, we're plating uh, table 22 in 15 minutes. And the dude says, no, chef, we're going to plate that in 25. And the chef goes, we're, we're plating, plating in 25. <laughs> because the chef knows that he knows his job so well that it's going to come out perfect in 25. And if he messes with that 25-minute mark, it's going to be over or undercooked because of his call. And um, we need those people. I think those are the most important people in the industry that are the most underspoken because, you know, yeah, I got a CEC title, I'm a chef and all that other good stuff. I get a lot more notoriety than the dude who's working at, you know, our local steakhouse pumping, who's been doing it for 15 years. Like, no one even knows his name. Friday night, But you've covers. had the most amazing experiences of your life with his food coming out to your plate, but no one knows his name. So are you saying in your mind that guy's a chef? Or is yeah, still a cook? in my opinion, you can be a chef and still be in the cook position. As long as you exhibit the, the skills and um, the philosophy of a chef every single day, you can be a prep cook and still be a chef. You can be a dishwasher and still be a chef. That's interesting. If, yeah, if that's... you've gone through those steps, so if, if you were a cook, then you became the prep cook, saute cook, and then you became the sous chef, and then you became the executive chef, and maybe one day you're, you need to go to a new place because... Life happens and you're the dishwasher for a week. Are you not a chef anymore? I mean, you still are. You know? No one's going to take away your accolades. Yeah, you know? no, they can't take away your achievements. And then, so hopefully, you being a dishwasher, you should very quickly move up to the sous chef position because of your skill set. 
I've hired everybody. chefs as dishwashers because they're like, you know what? You know, my, my business went under or I needed to change. I just need a job. I'll wash dishes for you and I'll come out and cook when I can. And, and they did. And that is, that is one of the truest signs for me of a chef, that they're humil- they're humble enough to go somewhere and wash dishes. Like, I need a paycheck, right. you know? Well, Sometimes well, you don't have an option. What's the difference there between that person and the person that spent, as you was saying before, 15 years as a just a grill cook, mm-hmm. right? And, and never had the desire to become an executive chef, but you're saying, you know, maybe could still be considered a chef. But what, what's the separation there? It's not someone that was an executive chef and is now a grill cook. Right. T- tell me about someone that's a grill cook for the last 15 years of their life. To me, it's just the, the inside, what makes you as a human being. You know, your upbringing and your life environment's gonna do that. Some people are gonna wanna seek, seek uh, being higher and learning more. Some people are gonna be comfortable at that 15 year mark where they make a certain wage and they don't wanna really go further. But to me, this is where the executive chef comes very important because the executive chef has to be able to realize these differences in people that want to grow but they're afraid and they're going to push them and make them grow versus people who don't want to grow and this is kind of what they're going to be in life like i said comfortable you you need those people in the industry they're one of my favorite most in my opinion in my experience the most taken care of person in the kitchen who don't want to go to the next level that's fine as long as they understand that because you have you have indians and you have chiefs like you can't have a kitchen full of chiefs because you're going to butt heads but it's it's all a, a mentality. It's right. what do you want to do today? What do you want to accomplish? You want to just go and work your station, go home, be done, try again tomorrow, or do you want to go in, get everything done, rock your station, finish prep, clean out the day, and look at that guy next to you? You know, I want to work there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on? What can I help you with? What are you gonna do tomorrow? You know, are you actively trying to move up, or are you just comfortable where you're at? Um, there's no shame in, in being a comfortable line cook. I know some people that can walk on any line very comfortably and rock it out that night. They have no desire to be chefs. I've tried to see, seek them out and hire them as sous chefs. I've tried, and yeah. they're comfortable where they're at and yeah. the salary they're making, and, and that's cool. You need those people. Those people are the backbone right next to dishwashers of our industry. 100%, 100%, yeah. You know, they, a lot of times, you know, I get, as an executive chef, you do get paid more than most line cooks out there, but you're not getting paid more to cook food. And that's another fallacy that needs to be separated. You're getting paid to manage people. He's getting paid to cook steaks. You're getting paid to make sure they come into work the next day. Yeah, that just That the paychecks are coming in, mm-hmm. that the tax, and maybe now you're doing the tax, but they're making sure their taxes are being covered, and that when someone does call in, who are you gonna call in from your pool? So, again, you don't worry about steaks. You're not worrying about, is it medium or is it medium rare anymore? Mm-hmm. It's, you, just, you just have to trust people, too. Right. Oh, okay. This is medium? Cool. It's going out right now. Yeah, we're selling it, right? And it's it's yeah. gone. You're not testing stuff, and, and you're just accepting that the mashed potatoes taste perfect. Or maybe you're doing, like, you taste one batch of mashed potatoes, but if you taste that one, you know the rest of the... The, you know, batches of potatoes are going to taste just as perfect, and you're not tasting them every time. That's right. not a thing. And that's another good sign of a, a true executive chef, not just chef anymore, because we can have a line, a full kitchen full of chefs, but you always have to have one leader. Mm-hmm. And the executive chef is the one that shows the most ambition and pays attention to the detail the most out of everybody else. So, like you said, that you should be able to trust your staff because you have a sous chef that you know is going to be taking care of you, and you have lead line cooks who are, you know they're going to be taking care of you. So yes, in essence, the executive chef should taste everything as more of a insurance, not as, ooh, I caught you messing up, fix this. Um, and a lot of times chefs don't really do that. They don't have that kind of trust on their team. A lot of times they're too busy going in there micromanaging their team. And to me, that, that you lost the title chef. 
if you're micromanaging your team because your team shouldn't be micromanaged. You should only talk to one or two of them, and then those one or two should dictate down there using the brigade system. Yeah, it's all about the brigades, especially like if you're the executive chef and you might not have a chef de cuisine or you might not have an executive sous and sous, whatever, then you're tasting the food. But yeah, it's like uh, my CDC, like, did you taste that? Cool. You want to taste it? No, I trust you. Right. Yeah. Is, is it perfect? Awesome. Let's sell it. Let's do it. Right. Because I've trained you so well that I know that you you're know what I want. exactly what I want. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So how do you then view someone like a Gordon Ramsay type who people at home, obviously he's he's basically a TV celebrity. He's not. Super kind man, actually. Yeah. That's like a total like fallacy. <laughs> For sure. And, and I'm yeah, glad and you brought him up. But, but I think people don't know the you know super kind part of him. I think people think... Okay, this is what every kitchen's like. People yelling, people throwing yeah. things, people cursing I each mean, other I mean, a lot, a lot are like that, but not all of them. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you brought Ramsey, because Ramsey's very true to me, because I, I love Marco Pierre White. He's like my chef crush. Okay. Gordon Ramsey trained under Marco Pierre White. And if you read, like, Devil in the Kitchen, I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but if you read the book, it talks but about hear this. what Gordon Ramsey had to go through to work under Marco Pierre White. And he was a cook. You know, he, he learned the fundamentals of how to be a chef at a very early age, working under Marco Pierre White. And from there, he earned his stripes. He earned the title of grill cook. He earned the title of saute cook. He worked his way up. He became a sous chef. He got the mentors. He went the correct route. And he is unique in this situation because he became a TV chef. That's something completely to separate from chef and TV chef. There's not a lot of chefs who earn their stripes in the kitchen who become famous later on. So he is one of the rare unicorns out there, in my opinion, who is a chef and on TV. I'd say like 90% of them out there, they forgot the cook, cook position, they forgot the sous chef position, and immediately jumped into the TV position. You know, Bobby Flay started as a dishwasher, you know, and I don't know if he went to culinary school or not, but he started as a dishwasher. And I feel like he was really, I mean, you can cut all this out, but he, I feel like he was really talented, but now all he does is Southwestern. Right. It's a Southwestern take on... That was probably the kitchen that you were a dishwasher in that you worked your way up to mm-hmm. was probably a Southwestern. Di- and that's no, you know, no shame or anything like that. But if you know one thing and you do that one thing well, you know, that's your one thing. You should be well-rounded. You should know mm-hmm. Ethiopian cuisine. You don't have to cook it well, but you should right. know what it is and the flavors behind it. Like, you should know what's Japan and what's China and what's, you know, all over the place. Like, you should know that right like I, said, like I said earlier when you earn the title cook as an empty position the same thing as chef once you leave the title of sous chef and become chef it's very empty you have a large set of shoes to fill in there so if you only know one style of cuisine yeah technically you're still chef but if you're not seeking further knowledge to me you lose that title like you can you'll always be a cook once you've learned under title cook you're forever cooked to the day you die chef is something you have to do in day in and day out and live the philosophy of being a chef and then after years of doing that, then you will find that you became a chef. But the sad thing about this is after a month of you not living that philosophy day in and day out, you go back to being a cook. So you could have been the greatest chef for five years. And then that was 10 years ago. So for the past five years, you've been a cook. Just because people keep calling you chef doesn't mean you're still chef. It's about your day in and day out actions. And I think a lot of people out there get that so very confused. There's a lot of people out there who open a restaurant and then they all of a sudden they call themselves chef, right? So they bought that title. Is that an earned title? It's not earned, but you did, you know, pay a million dollars for that title. So I guess we got to step back and, and say kudos to you. But like you said, in Europe, they wouldn't accept you as a chef. You'd be a restaurant tour. There's a difference. Yeah, executive chef is also a payroll position. Right. So you could be the executive chef or you can be the chef de cuisine. 
But if you are not doing those tasks required of you for that, are you really? Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. So how, how do you then, as a normal consumer of food, I know you guys obviously have a lot of experience, how do I see the difference between someone who's bought the title of chef and someone who's earned the title of chef? You might not know. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to tell because a lot of people, a lot of people who buy the title of chef are really good about selling themselves. They're really good about making up stories and over exaggerating their past. Like they'll say, "Well, I started from the bottom washing dishes." Like you worked for two days in high school washing dishes. Like you didn't, you didn't sustain your family's livelihood by washing dishes. You didn't sustain your life through cooking. You may have had a family who was giving you money and you cook for a few weeks every now and then, but you still partied all every summer. You see what I mean? So the only way to really understand is to ask them. Show me your past. Who did you work for? Who did you work under, to me, is more important than who you are now. Because if you didn't work for an executive chef for a few years, then you've, you've missed the sous chef spot. And you're still a cook. Also, if you own your own restaurant, uh, you might be really good about finding the people that make you look good, too. Like, you find the people that know what they're doing and run the line perfectly. And, and your food or your concepts are coming out awesome. And, and uh, you know you might not know as a consumer you you might go to any restaurant a b or c and you know what i look for in a restaurant experience is how well the waiter or waitress how knowledgeable they are if they're using terms like this is sous vide or this is you know a b or c you know um braised like if they're using the language that the chef is telling them to use and they're selling me the dish they're selling me the experience um it doesn't have to be like upscale or anything like that, but it's how knowledgeable is your staff, how clean are your restrooms, and um, if it's an open kitchen or not, like what, you know, is it nasty? Like, do you have stuff everywhere? Is, do you, if it's an open kitchen, do you have like the taped up uh, box of plastic wrap on display? Or is that under the station? We all have them, it's yeah. in every kitchen. <laughs> Those things are flimsy, they get set in water and then they fall apart, it happens. Is it on display with, with you know duct tape all over it, or is it under the station and it's just up for a second boop, and it's down again? Right. Yeah, it's a different difference between a restaurateur and, a, and a, an executive chef or a chef owner. The chef owner is going to pay attention to those kind of details because they were taught to pay attention to those details from being a cook, which allowed them to ascend the higher yeah. levels. Um, and a lot of times, I see places that open up and they're just not paying attention to the details, whether it be. The sidewalks are dirty, unmanaged. The entryways aren't managed properly. Oh, we don't, this isn't ready yet. And then why did you open? Or you know? if the bathroom is like past, like the open pass, yeah. and if there's garbage on the floor, or if it's dirty on the floor, oh, I go right there. <laughs> I don't care if you're at Red Robin. I don't care if it's right. like, you know, a fancy place. I don't want to name any names in Fort Worth. But if I walk by and I see that, I'm just like, oh. Right. right, exactly. <laughs> I'm to take the squeegee to that. Or and I think this brush. is a, a great tease for our next week's episode, which is going to be what to look for in a restaurant. Oh, so yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. this actually came up organically. So that's good. Um, so let, let's kind of wind this conversation down with any last thoughts that you have um, on what is a chef? What have, what have we learned today? What have we brought together in terms of what is a chef? What do you look for? And, and what are the maybe philosophies that um, you should live by if, if you want to attain that level of chef and either one of you guys can start first. Good. It's a it's a mental mindset. It's how you're bettering yourself every day. It's, you know, taking the people around you and making them better. 
you know, taking your cooks and taking um, people who do their job well and make them successful, set them up for success. You know, don't maybe have all the tables coming at once, you know, just for a smooth transition, you know, or it, it, it's a juggling act. And if I had the answers, if I had all the answers, then, you know, I don't think I'd be here because I'm still figuring it out. And I think you, sh- you never, f- you should, as a chef, never top out. You never get it. You're never done. There's always something to learn. There's always new trends. There's always, you know, something that you're not doing well or as good as someone else. Like, I'm not comfortable baking bread, but Lauren is, Chef Lauren is. And if I have a bread question, she's the first one I go to. And she's like, well, let me A, B, and C, and she'll tell me the science behind it. You know, there's, it's, becoming a chef is an ever-growing experience, and being an executive chef, I mean, I only had one job I was ever the executive chef of, you know? Do I think I earned that title? Maybe I was just pushed into it, you know? But I tried my hardest every day, and I, you know, I even got on the line and cooked. I was in the kitchen cooking as well. And like I said, washing dishes. I was trying to fill in and make my cook's lives work. So to me, being an executive chef, being a chef in general is a never ending process. You're always you're yeah. always striving for the next best thing. Definitely. Yeah, same thing for me being a chef. It's a total mentality, it's a mindset. Um, and with that, if you have the mindset of a chef as a cook, you will become a sous chef. You will become an executive chef if you have that. And I think it's one of the, the, one of the biggest signs for me that I knew that I was becoming a chef was that people started naturally coming to me and asking for help and guidance. That was one of the biggest things because I, I'm not the best person in real life outside the kitchen. Like, I don't have my life together because I'm not a millionaire, right? If I, if I had my life together, I'd be a millionaire right now. But people come to me in the kitchen and say, hey, chef, if the situation is going on at work, what should I do? Hey, this recipe messed up, what should I do? And then I, I started thinking about it. Like, well, I think that's a pretty big sign that you're a leader. Because if you're not growing people underneath you, I don't think you're a chef. You'll forever be a cook. All right. Well, that was great answers from both of you guys there. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably a good place to end it. I think... Uh, this has been a, a really good conversation today and, and even better than maybe we thought it was going to be. So I'm glad that we did it. Thank you, Chef Sharp, Chef Gutierrez, for coming on today. Um, I'll say to anyone listening, if you have any questions or comments about this episode, uh, reach out. Um, you can email us, if you still use email, at fortworthfoodstories at gmail.com. should be easy to remember. Uh, also, subscribe, write a review on iTunes or Apple podcast or whatever they call it these days um, but we're all of our stuff's on there um, but we'll be back next week with what is a restaurant what to look for not what is a restaurant we know what a restaurant is what do you look for in a restaurant um, and uh, if you have any anything that you'd like us to hit for that next episode like i said send your questions comments to forward food stories at gmail.com all right thank you everybody for listening and thank you chefs uh, for joining me today <laughs>